Good morning. How was everybody? I'm still, I'm still out of breath from worship, so I gotta have to catch my breath for a second. Well, I'm glad that you're here. We're gonna continue our series and multiply. Before we do, I wanna ask you to do something. Stand up. Sit down. I'm just kidding. St- still stand up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, stand up. Stand up. <laughs> wow. Great instructions this morning, Chad. Okay. What we're gonna do this morning is I, I just want us to connect with each other for just a second. And some people just got real nervous because I just said that, all right? But it's all good. I want you to do something just really simple. Somebody next to you, I want you to turn to them. I want you to introduce yourself. And then I want you to tell them that you are glad that they're here this morning. Go. All right, all right, all right. All right, social butterflies. Now you can go ahead and have a seat. Now by raise of hands, who met somebody this morning that they didn't know before today? Hmm, interesting. We're gonna go into Galatians Chapter six, we're gonna go one through 10. We're gonna try to get this real fast because there is so much stuff in here and you're gonna recognize why you did that in just a second. Verse one, Paul starts out with three incredible words. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Okay, all the men in the room this morning, on the count of three, and you gotta do this well, okay? On the count of three, I want you to say brothers. One, two, three. Brothers. Anybody else get chills? <laughs> Ladies in the room, I want you to do the same thing. On the count of three, I want you to say sisters. One, two, three. Sisters. It's powerful. Paul's three first, first three words that he uses in this chapter is brothers and sisters. And we've got to stop there for just a second because he is addressing this church in Galatia and you as family. Brothers and sisters. You sit this, here this morning in a local expression of God's church all over the world. You sit in a seat next to your brothers and sisters, next to your family. If we are in Christ, if we believe in Jesus, we've been adopted into a brand new family. And those who sit in this room and those who are in 815 and the next service and in Jasper and in Kenya, all of us that gather together under this local expression are our brothers and sisters. We should act like it. We should act like it. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So Paul is specifically talking to believers. He's talking to a church, those who come under 
um, the, the new law of Christ. And we're gonna get into that in a second. But what he says right after, he says, listen, family, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. He uses a specific word here that I want us to not miss. He said, if anyone is caught, anybody ever been caught? Cookie jar, maybe? My, I'm gonna tell you a story that my kids absolutely love. Isaac, he wants me to tell this story all the time and I don't really know why, but he, he asked me to tell it all the time. I was in kindergarten a long time ago. I was in kindergarten and we were on the playground and I was with a bunch of friends and my friends dared me to take my shirt off on the playground. Big stuff in kindergarten, right? <laughs> and being, I was somewhat of a rambunctious child. I know that's surprising to everyone in here. I just pulled that thing right off, right? I was there to do, I pulled that thing right off. And as soon as I did, these two little girls, they said, oh, we're going to tell. And I froze, what? In the meantime, as they were going to tell my teacher what was going on, I frantically trying to get my shirt back on, right? And as a kindergartner, you know, my mom's still helping me get my shirt back on most of the time. So I'm trying to get my shirt back on. Miss Johnson, my teacher, my kindergarten teacher, I love that lady. Obviously, if I still remember her from kindergarten, I love Miss Johnson. And she comes over there and I come out from behind the, the jungle gym thing. And she says, Chad, did you take your shirt off? And with my shirt on backwards and inside out and the tag sticking right here, I said, no, ma'am, I did not. <laughs> and I remember she grabbed me by my hand and she said, okay, let's walk back inside and put your shirt on right. <laughs> no, I said nothing else. But I still remember that story. But I remember in those few moments, I remember still to this day how scared I was. What is going to happen? I'm about to be caught I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to receive some kind of punishment. What's gonna happen when my mom and dad find out that I have done this atrocity, right? As a kindergartner, I was falling apart so scared. My teacher comes up to me in gentleness. She grabs me by the hand and restores me, restores me to having a shirt on correctly, right? We know that as we, as we grow up, consequences get more severe in our transgressions and our sin when we get caught in things, right? They get worse and worse. We know the, they get weightier and, and weightier when, when, we're, when we're caught in things. As we go through this series of multiply, we have to understand a, a few things about each other and how we treat each other if we ever wanna get to the point that we multiply anything. Paul says, your family, you have been given brothers and sisters. You've been adopted into something brand new. It's not your old family and whatever traits that they had, you're in a new family now. And instead of taking a posture where we try to destroy each other, we try to push each other down, he says, restore in a spirit of gentleness. 
And he also says, keep watch over yourself, lest you too be tempted. Restore each other in gentleness and also watch over yourselves. Paul reminds us so clearly right here, not only do we have the ability as as family and those who love each other to restore ourselves, but it should also remind us every time we see a brother and a sister fall that it could have been us. Because there's no sin that is out of bounds for any of us. The Bible is so clear about this. There is no sin that's outside of our bounds. Under under certain circumstances, we're all capable of anything. It could have been us. How would I want to be restored? How would I want to be loved if I stumbled or if I fell? And Paul says, listen, treat each other that way. You're not people that, that don't know each other or don't have a connection. You have the most powerful connection there is, and that's the love of Christ that binds us together. Treat each other that way. Restore each other. Lift each other up. Because Paul talking to them in Galatians, he understands that there's no growth without this kind of interaction, relationship with each other. And for us, it's the same way. First point, I want us to understand that Paul talks about specifically in our context of multiplication is that restoration leads to multiplication. Restoration leads to multiplication. Think of it this way. If if we are... (laughs) in the business of restoring each other. And we, we bring somebody in and we love on them and, and we restore them to where they, are, where they should be or, or where, where it's healthy for them to be, then what happens is, is they take that and they do that to somebody else. And then they do it to somebody else and then they do it to somebody else. Multiplication. But our natural tendency so much, even in, a, in the church, is to, is to destroy and to push down. And there's no multiplication that comes from that because it will stop with that person. It will go no further because we took what God meant for us and the power that God has given us to multiply his grace and mercy into them and it stopped it. If we begin to take a posture of restoration in our church, it will begin to completely change our homes, completely change our relationships. It will send shockwaves through our communities and all the way to the ends of the earth. And God says, or Paul says in this passage, that's who you are. Your family, your brothers and sisters, restore each other. Verse two, he gives us exactly, this is incredible. He gives us exactly how to do it. 
He says, I want you to restore each other. I wanna, you have the ability, you have the power, you've been brought into a new family. I'm gonna give you exactly how to do it. Verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Every, everybody say, bear one another's burdens. and so fulfill the law of Christ. I think this is probably the, one of the most powerful verses in all of scripture. So pointed, so intentional. How, how do we restore each other? How do we love on each other? How do we do this? We bear one another's burdens. And literally, th- this is what it means. We carry someone else's stuff from one place to another. Carry someone else's stuff from one place to another. And the implication in this passage is is that that person just can't carry it anymore. That person just can't carry it anymore. And they need somebody to come, a brother or a sister, family to come along next to them and say, listen, you take a breather. You hold on for a second. I got this. I'm going to pick up the stuff that you can't carry right now. And we're going to keep going forward. Come on, let's go. Until that point that that person can, has the strength or the ability or has gotten past whatever burden that is, then they can carry it again. And Paul talks about this as being just our load. We all have a load that we carry, but sometimes, sometimes the load gets too heavy and we need somebody, we just need a breather. We need somebody to come alongside us and say, listen, I'm, I'm good, I can, I, can, I can carry it for you for a little while. Let's just keep moving forward, don't stop. Just keep moving forward. I want you to look at your neighbor this morning and tell them, I can carry some stuff. And I want you to feel how powerful this is. He says, when we carry somebody else's stuff, we fulfill the law of Christ. We fulfill the law of Christ. A specific point that he's making here is that it's not the old law. And he's talked about this all through Galatians to this church. And this is their problem. They've gotten into a cycle of legalism. And Paul talks about this as as false false gospels have been brought in. Into, into this church, spoken into this church, and they're, they're beginning to go back to the old law, not being under the new covenant. They're going back to the old law as their way of salvation. And Paul comes in and he says, what in the world is going on? If you're believing some other gospel than the gospel that I preach, then you, you're missing it. And Paul talks about even coming back to the rituals of even, even circumcision and all of those things that come along with the old law to atone for sin. He said, why are you going back to that? Jesus has already provided a way of salvation for you. He already sacrificed himself on the cross so that you can be made whole, so you can be set free. Why are you going back? And 
Paul's whole argument to, to the Galatians is stop. It's, it's not all that stuff anymore. It's not that checklist that you've got to go through to make sure that you're good. Jesus has done that for you. And the only thing that is required is for you to do the same to your brothers and sisters, to those around you. The only thing is required, do what Jesus did for you to somebody else. And not only that, but I've given you the power to do what Jesus has done for you to somebody else. John 14, Jesus says, you will do all of this and even greater. You will do all of this and even greater than I've done. And so many times I think as believers, we get in this, maybe just a little bit too spiritual about it. And we say, well, Jesus meant in that passage doing greater things is, you know, we're gonna do all these miracles and we're gonna, we're gonna heal people and we're gonna, you know, break four loaves and one and a half fishes and they're gonna, we would feed 100,000 people. It's gonna be all these miracles that are gonna happen, but I, I know, I'm convinced that it's so much more practical than that. It's not these mystical miracles that are gonna happen that, that sometimes I think we kind of place outside of our realm of responsibility. That other, other people do those miracles, that's gonna be cool. Jesus is so much, what Jesus is talking about in John 14, I am convinced is so much more practical than that. It goes back to what Paul is talking about here and that is just carrying somebody's burden. If you look through the gospels at what Jesus did over and over and over and over again, he met people where they are and he picked up their burden and carried it, including mine and yours on the cross. That's what Jesus did. And Paul's connecting these dots for us right now and saying, you're not under the old law. You're not under that anymore. You've been set free from that. The only responsibility you have is to do the same thing that Christ did for you. I've given you the power to do it. Pick up somebody else's burdens. Now I know in the room, there is a thought, I don't have time to do that. I got soccer practice and I gotta get kids to school and I gotta get kids here and I've gotta go to work and I've got a husband or wife that, that, that I, I wanna make sure that I'm pouring into and I've got all this stuff going on. How in the world am I gonna carry someone else's burdens? Well, The reality is, is that when we come together as, as, as believers, as, as family, and we begin to carry the burdens of each other, it doesn't exhaust, it relieves. Let's look at this real quick. Verse three. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. 
What Paul's talking about this is, a, is, is two different postures that we take with each other. There's a posture of pride and then there's a posture of humility. There's a posture of pride and there's a posture of humility. So many times I think we, we exhaust ourselves. We get into a, a, a rhythm of playing gotcha. And we look around and this is Paul's direct correlation to the old law. He says, all you've done is look around and see what everybody else has done. And that's your only hope. If you're under the old law, if you've set up these standards that, that you and everybody else has to live by, then that's your only hope is that I'm doing this checklist better than they are. And we get in this spiritual cycle of playing gotcha. You wanna know what's exhausting? That is. That's hard to keep up, y'all. There's, and there's no way. There is no way. Hence, the incredible gift of the cross. That God freed you and I from playing gotcha with everybody around us and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. But Paul says, examine who you are. Understand who you are. Let Christ set you free so that you're not bound by this spiritual game that is exhausting. But we're able to Look around and bless people, love people, restore people, encourage people. I want to show you how simple this is. And this happened this morning. I, I, I almost couldn't believe it. I was here during run through and one of our host team members, and I love her, and I'm, I'm not gonna tell your name because I don't wanna embarrass her, but she handed me this card. She said, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. First John three eighteen. I got my burden carried this morning. She carried my burden. She didn't know what I was talking about. No idea. She walked up to me and handed me this card that meant the world to me. That somebody else thought about me enough to write this on a card, something that God gave her to write on a card and give to me, not knowing that I was preaching on the exact same thing. Got a text message last night at 9.45. Got texted me and said, hey, dude, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you tomorrow. And it was a whole lot longer than that. I don't got time to go into it, but <laughs> he sent me this long text. This is what God told me about what he's gonna do tomorrow. 9.45 at night. He didn't have to do that. He carried my burden knowing that I had somebody out there that thought about me enough, thought about my situation 
a burden that, that I had to carry. He knew that I had to carry it. And he said, nope, you're not carrying it alone. I'm carrying it with you. Man. We begin to stop exhausting ourselves with how, how we try to point out and see the wrong. We begin to gain margin in our life to be able to lift and restore and be a blessing to our family, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I want to be a blessing to my brothers and sisters. And I want you to picture this today. I want you to get a good mental image of what it's like. Pride is like, is like flexing a muscle. That after a while, you can, you can flex it for, for a certain amount of time, but it's going to get hard and it's going to get painful. And at some point, you're gonna get to a position where you fail. It's, it's going to happen. But humility is a conscious effort to relax. I want, you to take, I want you to take a deep breath in and blow it out. That's humility. Not trying to uphold everything and keep everything together, but saying, I, I can't, there's no way. Not gonna do it. Pride says, I'm better than you. Humility says, we all have struggles to overcome. Pride says, I can do this on my own. But humility says, we can do this together. Pride diminishes. Humility multiplies. Pride diminishes. Humility multiplies. Paul didn't stop there. Verse six, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Look at your neighbor and say, do not be deceived. What Paul's specifically talking about here is that when he says that God will not be mocked, he gets the, the core of how, what we understand is that it can't just be what we say, but it has to be an action that we engage in. We can't just talk a good game. We can't just say that I believe in Christ or I follow God, but we have no action from that. We can't come on Sunday morning and, and sit in a message and, and put our, our, our stamp on believing in God and then we go outside of the church and live absolutely different lives. The Bible says God won't be mocked. 
We can't say that I love Jesus, but I treat my neighbor like junk. God will not be mocked, Paul says. And when you and I take that, that position, again, we, we try to flex that muscle to make ourselves look good and other people look bad. We are completely contrary to the law of Christ. And we go back to operating under the old law that we can never uphold. Brothers and sisters, you've been set free to not only <laughs> express who you are with what you say, but to live out what Christ has done for you in your actions. And he says, what will happen is that <laughs> when you sow, when you sow the seeds of the new law of love and gentleness and restoration, then what's gonna happen is you will reap not only for yourselves, listen, not only for you, but those who you express that to eternal life. We're not talking about something shallow here. We're talking about eternal significance. That who we are is, is found in how well we love and restore others. And what we reap when we put that seed in the ground will never end. It will never stop. And it will, while we're here on earth, continue for generation after generation after generation. Words can give direction but only actions can be multiplied. Words can give direction, but only actions can be multiplied. If I stand up here and I tell you <laughs> that you need to love on each other, you need to carry each other's burdens, you need to restore each other, but I walk off the stage and I'm a complete jerk. I have nobody in my life that I'm pouring into. I have nobody that's pouring into me. I'm not engaged in making disciples. Then my, my words are empty and it will not be multiplied. It won't go past the error that comes out of my mouth if it's not followed up with actions. Winston Churchill said this, and I love the saying, I no longer listen to what people say. I just watch what they do. Behavior never lies. Behavior never lies. If actions and not just words are what get multiplied then we have to examine ourselves. And if we find that what we are sowing, what our actions are, don't line up with the law of Christ, what we say, we have to realize that we are sowing, Paul says, 
corruption. And Paul says, look at what you're sowing. Paul gives us this last promise in verse nine. He says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will what? Reap. If we do not give up. So then, as we have what? Opportunity. Let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Multiplication takes action. Multiplication takes action. And the cool thing about what God is doing in our church right now is he's, he is giving us opportunity. He, we're not short on opportunity. Gosh, we've got so much opportunity. And God is gonna to continue to give us opportunity, but we have to be ready. We have to be ready. And I'm not saying readiness is that we're all perfect. Far from it. Readiness is not that we've got all our junk figured out. Far from it. Readiness is that we just love each other well. That we carry each other's burdens. That we restore each other. Can I tell you, if, if we took that posture and we began to treat each other that way in the church, we couldn't bar the doors to keep people away. They would knock them down to get in here. It would send absolute shockwaves all over our community to the ends of the earth and we wouldn't be able to stop the movement of God that it would start. Because scripture tells us that they will know us by our love for each other. And it takes action. This morning, I wanna do something and I, I've just been praying about this all week. That God, that, that through this series, through this multiply series, that, that he would begin to position our church to do that very thing. To start a movement of disciple makers that are carrying each other's burdens that are restoring each other, lifting each other up. So hopefully you have become somewhat acquainted with maybe somebody next to you. I want you to do something this morning. I want you to turn to them and I want you to say, how can I pray for you this week? Go, 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 ask them. How can I pray for you this week? You just carried somebody's burden. 
you know something about somebody that is very intimate. You just engaged in a very sacred relationship with somebody that you have just said, I'm, I'm gonna help you carry whatever, whatever it is you shared with me. Now I know we're probably not gonna get super deep this morning in a few minutes. I get that. But it's a start. This morning, I want you obviously not only to pray for that, but I want you to pray for that person every day. Every day this week, I want you to make a commitment to pray for whatever that person shared with you. And if you wanna take it a step further, try to find them next time you're at church. Ask them what God did, how you can continue to pray for them. We just multiplied. <laughs> just now. We multiplied our love for each other. We multiplied our action for each other. We multiplied our care for each other. We began to restore each other. And Paul says what you did this morning is you just fulfilled the law of Christ. No other checklist. Oh, I just got chills again. It's not rocket science, y'all. It's, it's so simple. And it's so simple, so many times I think we just blow right past it because we want things to be super spiritual. But it just takes a small action of restoration and gentleness and kindness and attention that begins to bring us alive and carry our burdens. Pray with me. God, thank you for God, thank you for what you're gonna do. Um, <laughs> thank you for what you could do, will do, want to do in this place with us in here that want to fulfill your law, the law that you gave us through Jesus. Not a checklist of do's and don'ts, but an opportunity to do what has been done to us through your son, Jesus. God, I pray that you would set our church free to do that. Because Paul tells us when, when we begin to engage in those things, we are, we're, we are positioning ourselves an unbelievable work of your hand through our church and to fulfill what you've called us as believers, empowered us as believers to do and be. God, I pray that 
from this series, from this multiply series, that you would start a movement in our church that we've never seen or heard about. That has implications in our town, in our communities, all over the world. God, thank you for loving us so much (laughs) that you took action towards us to restore us and carry our burden. God, I pray as our people, as, as this church, we begin to pray for each other, that God, we would hear incredible stories about what you're doing of restoration, in restoration and in love. This morning, if you're in this room and you have never started a relationship with Jesus, if, you, if you've never taken that step to cry out to God and say, God, I, I need a savior. I wanna be set free. I wanna give Jesus my burdens. If that's you this morning, and you're ready to be adopted into a new family so that when you open your eyes this morning when we get done praying, you don't see a room full of people. You see a room full of family. I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, I need you. I need you to set me free from my sin, from my struggles, Thank you that you sent Jesus to sacrifice himself on the cross to take away my burdens, to free me from my sin. If you prayed that prayer this morning, would you do something just really simple? Would you just raise your hand? We got men and women all over this room that that wanna give you a gift. We we just wanna... Just lift it up, keep it up. We we wanna give you a gift just to help you on your way, just to get you started. Nobody's looking around. That's you this morning. Thank you. For the rest of us. (laughs) I'm praying this week completely changes our mode of operation. That instead of us engaging in this game of gotcha, we begin to play a new game of restoration and love. God, thank you for all that you are going to do. Thank you for how you're going to move. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.